Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Father William Corby, Chaplain. there? A friend. Advance and give the countersign. That's far enough. I'm, I'm afraid I don't know the countersign. You see, I was on my way... You to... come along to headquarters. But I'm on my way to rejoining my brigade... Dismount! I, I know you're only doing your Tell duty... Tell it but... at headquarters. Now, you walk ahead and don't forget I'm right behind you in the gun's cock. Very well, Sentry. I'll remember Sir, I have a prisoner. Bring him in. You, come into the tent. Well, good evening, Father Corby. Good evening, General. What can I do for you? Sentry, where's your prisoner? Oh, sir, th- this man, he... I mean... Well, sir, I, I thought... I'm the prisoner, General. <laughs> Sentry, you brought in Father Corby. Chaplain of the Irish Brigade. I'm very sorry, sir, but he came along and didn't know the countersign. That's true. All right, sentry. Dismissed. Return to your post. Yes, sir. Father, I'm very sorry. You're entirely all right. Your orders demanded that you bring me here. Thank you, Father. Sit down, Father. Join me in some coffee. Ah, thank you. How did it happen you could leave camp without getting the countersign to return? I was on my way to Alexandria to renew our supply of altar bread and wine in preparation for the Peninsula campaign. 
I'd almost reached town when I got word that the rebels were attacking, so I hurried back. They were merely testing our lines. Things were lively for about an hour, and then they withdrew. Were the casualties heavy? Not on our side. Father, you can relax. The Irish Brigade didn't fire a shot. No? How was that? Well, they had orders to hold themselves in reserve in case of a heavy assault. Ah. Now I can enjoy my coffee. Father, how did you come to get mixed up with the Army of the Potomac? Well, Father Sorin, superior general of our order, is a very patriotic man. When war broke out, he asked for seven priests to go to the front. I was one of them. Well, I'm glad you and the others are here. Many will need your services before this war's over. You speak as if it might last a long time. Far longer than the three months for which so many men have enlisted. Do you think it will go on for another year? No, Father. If my farm boys from Michigan set their hand again to a plow in three years, they'll be lucky. Three years? God have mercy. Many of them will never plow again. Thank you kindly for the coffee. I'd best be getting back to the brigade. I'll give you an escort. Guard? Oh, here, sir. Take two men and escort Father Corby to the Irish Brigade camp. And see to it that nothing happens to him. Yes, sir. Good night, Father. Good night, General. Oh, by the way, what is the countersign for tonight? It is on to Richmond. The peninsula campaign was checkmated and fizzled out. When McClellan's army was within seven miles of Richmond, the Confederate army, which until now was retreating, went over to the attack. Their leader, General Joe Johnson, was wounded, and Lee took command. Stonewall Jackson was ordered to threaten Washington. And Jeb Stuart got behind the Federal lines with his cavalry and played havoc with the lines of communication. The Army of the Potomac retreated to the James River, and then was ordered to withdraw from the peninsula. The men were low in spirits. I dropped by to see Father Corby. Good evening, Father. Mm, oh, good evening, General. I'm having my coffee and bacon. Well, now, that's a bit late, isn't it? Uh, there were things I had to do first. I see you haven't made bed for the night. I'll send over a couple of men to set up your tent. Oh, no, no, please, General, now, don't. Father, you've been all day in the saddle. You've helped with the wounded, hearing confessions. You're worn out. Not as worn out as those two men you'd find to pitch my tent for me. As for being in the saddle, the men had to march through the mud. You'll be doing me a great service if you don't detail any of the men to help me. You're entitled to it, Father. I'm here to take care of their needs, not to have them care for mine. Now, would you excuse me, General? I see some of the men are coming for confession. Yes, certainly. Good night, Father. And if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. As a matter of fact, there is one thing I might ask the men, that is the cooks to do. You name it and I'll make it an order. Could they save the empty cracker boxes for me? What? Save the cracker boxes? Yes. I need them for altars. I'll see to it. Good night, Father. As the war dragged on, Father Corby's duties became heavier. The living came to him and asked him to prepare them for death. The wounded and the dying called out for water. Water to drink and for the water of everlasting life. The life of a soldier except for the battles is boredom. The drills, the waiting, the endless sameness of their lives. It makes discipline hard to maintain. And men get into trouble. Father, there's a man in my regiment awaiting execution. 
Would you go to him? Of course. When is he to be executed? April 25th. His name is Dawson. He's a fine soldier, fought in the Crimean War, won the Victoria Medal, Cross of Honor. And he had a clean record until, well, he got into this trouble. What's the charge? Rape. He was drunk at the time. I'll go to him at once. I don't know, Father. I just don't know whether I'm guilty or innocent. Three of us wandered away from camp that afternoon. We saw this house and thought it was unoccupied. We found a lot of whiskey and I drank so much I became senseless. Next thing I knew, an officer was bending over me and a woman was pointing at me and screaming, that's the man. What became of your companions? They cleared out. I don't know who they were. Just two men I'd met on the road. Oh, what's the use of talking about it? I'm going to die. And that's the end of Thomas R. Dawson. It can be the beginning. Are you prepared to die? Not like this. My hanging. Have you been baptized? Yes. Then, before the execution, you must cleanse yourself of sin by confessing them and asking God for forgiveness. I don't know how. But you wish to know? Yes. Then I shall teach you. First, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, Dawson is about the best-liked man in the regiment. Now, they have drawn up this petition to be taken to the president. Here, look, see now. It's signed by every enlisted man and junior officer. You're asking for a full pardon. Do you think the president will see you with all the things he has on his mind? No, I don't. But he'll see you. Me? You want me to take this to the president? The men have asked me to ask you. Don't you think a, a committee, say, of a few enlisted men and an officer... We've considered that, but we ruled it out. But why? I'm sure that if... Father, when there's been so much complaint about lack of discipline, the president might feel a committee of uniformed men might better spend their time enforcing regulations and not petitioning a pardon for a man who broke regulations. I think you are the best one to go. Will you do it? I'll be on the next train. Father Corby, this is a hard case. But I'll take it under consideration. I'm making a notation of the 25th of April. Mr. President, the man has an excellent record. All the officers and men speak highly of him. This is the only black mark against him. Is there any doubt as to his guilt? Well, since the court-martial has found him guilty, there's nothing more I can say in addition to the petition. In that event, there's not much I can do. Unless there are extenuating circumstances. Mr. President, I do feel that an injustice might have been done in holding the man in prison for so long. And that the 
suspense was unnecessarily cruel. I'm not inclined to pardon on that argument. Suspense cannot be avoided in time of war. Some of my generals have given me enough suspenseful nights to last a lifetime. Well, Mr. President, since I realized from the start it was out of the question to plead the innocence of this man or to say anything in mitigation of the crime, I must confine myself to pleading for his pardon. The court-martial found him guilty. I must accept that. And yet, here in my hand, I hold this petition asking for a full pardon. Mr. President, I must leave his life in your hands. Thank you for receiving me. With your permission, I'll return to camp. Wait. Chaplain, see here. I'll pardon him if General Meade will. And I'll write a note to that effect on the petition. There. I'm sure General Meade will recognize that signature as genuine. If General Meade thinks this man ought to be pardoned, it shall be done. It's signed... A. Lincoln. Oh, good work, Father. Father. Gives us a hope. Dawson is not out of the woods yet. Well, General, yeah, you, who'll yeah, take yeah, it to him? Father Corby should. Oh, no. No, General. I think it would have more weight if the officers went in a body. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no you no, should no, do it. No, you you, you should got by the president, Father. I think General Meade will listen to you. Yeah, sure, yes, he will. Yeah. Very well. Very well. If that is your wish, gentlemen. case is between you and the president. I've done all I could. I'll return and tell the men. General Meade feels the president should have ordered the pardon. No, he couldn't. He's been criticized for being too easy and ruining discipline. It was up to Meade. He refuses to act. Then our only last chance rests with Mr. Lincoln. Father, will you stay with the case until it's settled? One way or the other? Yes. Take me to the telegrapher. An appeal was made to the president. Officers, enlisted men, we all waited. There was no reply. And it was suspected that the wire never reached Mr. Lincoln but was torn up by someone in the War Department. Father Corby broke the news to the prisoner and prepared him for death. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we acknowledge our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all iniquity. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Father, I'm ready. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Dominus Nostra, Jesus Christus, te absolvat et ego auctoritate ipsius, te absolvo ab omni vinculo, excommunicationis interdicti, 
in quantum possum et tu indigeste inde ego te absolvo a peccatis tuis, in nomine patris et filii et spiritus sancti. Is the prisoner ready? Ready, sir. You have a minute. Here's a pint of whiskey. Darn it. It'll be easier. No, uh, I don't want it, sir. The prisoner's faith will bear him up. Then forward. March. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, even if he dies, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Death was the order of the day the Northern Army made a second attempt to take Richmond. Burnside replaced McClellan and decided to attack Fredericksburg head-on. He reached the Rappahannock and found Lee's army dug in. The men of the Irish Brigade took one look at the situation and wrote letters home and flocked to Father Corby. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Echo te absolvo. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. You've been busy this night, Father. Uh, I have never seen anything like it. You know the reason. Many of them expect to die tomorrow. It will be a slaughter. Slaughter? That's the only word I can think of for what's coming tomorrow. Here is a letter. In case I'm killed tomorrow, please post it. I pray that I won't have to mail it. General, you're kneeling. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. slaughter took place the next day. Hour after hour, the story was the same. Up front, an attack column being shot to pieces, and in the rear, a new column forming. Bravery and death marched side by side and spurred each other on. And that night, when the Irish Brigade was assembled, only 250 out of the 1,400 responded to the road. Father Corby walked among the dead and the dying and administered the last rites. Burnside withdrew. He was replaced by Hooker, who in turn was replaced by Meade after the disaster at Chancellorsville. Lee took the initiative and decided to invade the North and give us Yankees a taste of war on our own soil. Trouble is, Father, that we don't know just where Lee is or where he's heading. Some think he wants to capture Washington. Others say he'll only threaten Washington in order to pull our troops back and then try to destroy the industrial area of Pennsylvania, even try to cut us in two by capturing Philadelphia. 
Men are exceptionally quiet these days. Uh, anxiety, Father. I just left Washington. It's the same. Something big is impending. Maybe the decisive battle of the war. But how do you fight when you don't know where the enemy is? Well, you just put your lines out. The enemy does the same. And if you swing wide enough, you bump into him. The shooting starts and both armies are pulled to it. Just like iron to a magnet. You've no idea where the magnet lies. Father, if I knew that, I'd order my men there on the dead run. The meeting place was Gettysburg. The opposing generals had little to do with the selection of the battlefield. McClellan would have preferred a place called Pipe Creek. Lee had made no decision. A detachment of rebels marched into Gettysburg to requisition shoes and found Union soldiers resting there. The shooting started. Both sides called for reinforcements. The officers rushed to seize the vantage points of Cemetery Hill, Round Top, Little Round Top, Cemetery Ridge. Gettysburg was to take its place in history with other little towns. Hastings, Cressy, Yorktown, Waterloo. Good heavens! What is it, General? General Sickles has advanced half a mile beyond our line. I don't understand it. What's Sickles doing out there? I have no idea, General Meade. I assumed he had orders. I gave no order to advance. If the enemy opens up with artillery, he'll be in bad shape. Get a message to him. Tell him to withdraw at once to his former position. Yes, sir. No, no, it's too late. Open up on him. Tell him to stay where he is. We'll have to send him support. Get your men ready. Orderly. Tell General Caldwell to prepare his men for immediate action. General, grant me permission to give absolution to the There's men. There's no time. I mean the entire brigade. Will it take long? Not more than five minutes. Come with me. Men of the Irish Brigade... During the past week, few have had time to practice religious duties. In a few minutes, you will be engaged with the enemy. Time is short. Each man may receive absolution now by making a sincere act of contrition and a firm resolve to confess his sins at the first opportunity. Father, come down from that rock. You'll be killed. As soldiers, the nation places a high and sacred trust in you, and you are fighting for a noble cause that I am sure no man of the Irish Brigade will shirk his duty to God or country. He stood amidst the smoke and carnage on a huge rock exposed to the enemy. And with uplifted hands, like the prophets of old, he prayed and gave the general absolution of religion to his comrades. Ego te absolvo ab omnibus censuris et peccatis. In nomine patris et filii et spiritus sancti. Amen. battle rose and swelled and re-echoed through the woods. Brave men and great generals were there, each fighting for victory. But the priest to Jesus Christ alone of all that mighty host was fighting not only for his country, but for the souls of those who were dying to save it and for those who were dying to destroy it. 
after the war, Father Corby and I remained close friends. He returned to Notre Dame, and he became vice president of the university. Later, he was made president and held that position until 1881, after which he became provincial of the Congregation of the Holy Cross in the United States. He died in December 1897. Listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>